0: for tuning in to the International Family Church Podcast. This is part two of our current series titled, Missing Out. This series is about doing life with a community of people who can come alongside you and help you fulfill your God-given purpose. We believe God created us to live in community with others, so we can experience the full life God intends for us. Meaningful relationships can be hard to find, and that's why Life Groups exist to make life-changing relationships relevant and accessible to you. Our Life Group Finder is officially live on our website at intlfamilychurch.com. Search through dozens of available Life Groups, right on your phone, and see what speaks to you. From financial counsel and morning prayer to watching the Patriots game with friends, find a Life Group that will bring you joy and closer to God while connecting with others. Now here's Pastor Jonathan with our series, Missing Out.
1: Are you ready for God's Word this morning? Come on, let's pray. Let's believe God together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the word of God that's about to go forth today. We believe it goes forth with power, with authority, with simplicity, so we can immediately apply it to our lives. Thank you for answering questions. Thank you for giving us solutions. Thank you that you love us unconditionally. We know that, but we know that because of your love, you refuse to leave us the way we are. You always want us to grow and become better, challenging us, and we thank you for that. That shows how much you care and love us so deeply. And we'll be so careful, as always, to give you all the honor, all the glory and praise for all, you're the only one that's worthy of it all, and all of God's people said, amen. amen. Welcome to part three in our four-part series entitled, Missing Out. We've been talking about in this series making sure that none of us are missing out on what God has prepared for us when it comes to His plan and purpose for our lives. Oftentimes, unbeknownst to us, we are missing out in all the advantages that God has prepared for us and we don't even realize it. Oftentimes because of our busy schedules, our our crazy family situations, priorities, and, and just overwhelmed about life in general, we tend to not see clearly what it is that next step ought to be in our walk with God. How many know every one of us have a next step to take? Every one of us. God has something better for you, but it's going to require a step. It's going to require movement. It's going to require you stepping out and making sure that you follow God's plan. So we don't want you missing out on anything that God has for you. Let me share again with you our series, Big Takeaway. Here's a big question we've been asking you each week in this series. Pray that you've been considering it. What one thing, if it got better, would make the biggest difference in your life? It's a great question a lot of you wrote it down. If If you're hearing it for the first time, take a picture of it, write it down, because I believe it's worthy of your consideration. Another way of saying it would be, what one thing, if you no longer had to deal with, would make your life better? Powerful. Today, I want to continue what we started last week, and I want to talk to you about how to cultivate healthy community. As you know, it is life group season here at IFC. Uh, we always long to increase and become better at what we do. So I want to I share again with you what I see about IFC the vision that I have, and, and what and I want you to understand the church I see. I have grew up in the church. My father was a pastor. Both my grandfathers were ministers. So I've been around the things of God a long time. I've seen healthy churches. I've seen unhealthy churches. I've been around like many of you have, and I've seen where community works, and I've seen in many more places than not where it didn't work, didn't have all the characteristics and the building blocks to make sure that in a healthy environment that we grew and we were growing towards freedom. See, I wouldn't go to a church where I didn't get freer every time I went. Right? If you're not getting freer by coming to IFC, then I would find another church because it's imperative that you understand there's an atmosphere here. There's a quality of people here. There's, a, there's a, 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 the, a, the tools, the, the next step, the pathway legitimately clear for you to help you. Man, if you want to be free, there's no excuse why you can't be free. If you want to be restored, if you want to let go of past failures and let go of your yesterdays and walk in a brand new tomorrow and today and tomorrow, there is just no reason why you can't. Amen. Healthy community. So here is where we started in James 3 verse 18. It says this in a message paraphrase. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoy its results. Listen, only if you do the hard work. Wow. Hard work? I don't want to go to church and do hard work. I do that Monday through Friday. Hard work. See, I believe God knew that what he desired for us was going to be challenging because of all the unique personalities, because of all the challenges of all of our issues. We have 60 different nations here at IFC. Amen. We have issues in every language known to mankind. <laughs> right? So it's no wonder this is going to be hard work, but it's not something we back off from because it's hard. Whoever said, that, well, because it's hard, we can't do it. It says only if you do the hard work of what? Getting along with people from 60 different nations and treating each other with dignity and honor. And that's the baseline of how we can have healthy, robust community here at International Family Church. God intends for us to experience life together. See, in God's mind, life is meant to be shared. That shared experience is called community. That word community has really lost a lot of its meaning over the years because that word now has been reduced to, you know, casual conversation, fellowship, food, fun, none of which is wrong, but it's not very deep. It's not very deep, and a whole lot of things don't happen in the deep part of our life where we need to grow and change. It's really superficial and incomplete. Here's the definition that we gave you last week about community. I think it's a good one a group of people that care about each other and feel they belong together. Now we won't dissect that as we did last week. You can go to intlfamilychurch.com and go to the media section. All the messages there are archived as we dissected that, that wonderful definition of community. Now, the results of community are this. To experience a safe and healthy environment where we are able to remove our masks, and express our desires, ambitions, fears, and weaknesses. That's the purpose of why we do what we do. That's the purpose of why I'm ministering this word, because I long for this. We are all working hard to have a safe and healthy environment. We're able to do what? Remove our masks. We're able to do what? Remove our masks. What's a mask? What's a mask? A mask is what? A mask is a false face used to hide the real one. A mask is a false face used to hide the real one. Why do we have masks? Well, for many reasons we have masks. Oftentimes we wear masks because we don't want somebody else to know the real us. We're afraid if they got to know the real us, they wouldn't like us. And if they did get to know a little bit about the real us, it's time to go. That's why we leave some churches and that's why we, 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 we go and shop all over the place and never get rooted in grounded because we're afraid that somebody might see the real us behind our mask. We wear masks because of insecurity, fear, anger, resentment, past hurts, skeletons in our closet. We wear masks for many, many reasons. Why do you wear your masks? Now, it's interesting to me that that we get so used to our masks that we relate more to our mask than the real us that God made us to be. And oftentimes we never become the real us because we are relating more to our mask. It's easier just to put a mask on it easier just to pull another one out of the glove compartment before you come to church and put another mask on. Instead of taking off the mask and dealing with the real issues in our lives and the underlining issues that we all deal with, it never, never fails. And how true that is. Now, to be honest, the, the greatest challenge to making community authentic and satisfying are these masks that we wear. Now, this is not a series about masks though that would be a great series and one we should often, uh, should obviously do. It's a series about, though, making sure we have all the building blocks necessary to create the right environment, safe and secure environment, so that we could start the process of doing one of these things. Making sure that we are in an environment where, We're in that small group with that one person or several friends that we begin the process of growing and the process of dealing with our yesterday so we can have a healthy today. Amen. Amen. So last week we talked about authenticity, mutuality, empathy mercy and humility today we're going to tackle five more of those uh, uh to help us understand a good picture of how to cultivate healthy community but before we do uh, i want to show you one of our partners and what he has done to prioritize community in his healthy in his busy life listen very carefully
2: I'm married with three children, three beautiful girls. I have a demanding job with a big telecommunications company. Um, I live 40 miles away from work. At times it could take up to one and a half hours to get to work. Pastor asked the question, you know, what one thing would you change that would improve your life? Community and life groups is one thing that has improved my life. Leading a team in that company Uh, For the whole of New England. Um, uh, Things get very busy. Uh, We, you know, we're sometimes on call uh, 24 7. And so, yeah, it does get challenging, you know, with my family as well. And I still have three daughters that need me there. You know, I, many times I'm trying to get home uh, to catch them before they go to bed. It is precisely because of my busy schedule that I find I need a life group. Um, I need a place to get together with other men of God who are looking for the same thing, to be better husbands, better fathers, better professionals. You're sitting next to someone who's done made the same mistakes, um, someone who's just as fallible as you are. When you come in to that kind of setting, you, you, you set your guard down, you, um, you, know, you put down your mask, um, you're able to share with one another and there's no judgment. But when they now relate to someone else, and they can relate to someone who's been there, and someone who's able to say that, yes, I went through the same thing, and this is what God did for me. I find that that brings healing. And the great thing about this church, about IFC, we have committed in so many uh, different areas. I mean, so live groups is just one. But in serving, are so many ministries here. I serve on the production team. Our wife serves in pastoral care, and my daughter in K-12. So it's it's just been a blessing. It's, I've seen growth uh, in myself. I've seen growth in my wife. I've seen growth in my daughter. And it's a blessing for any parent to have your child using his or her gift in, in an area that makes a difference. It's a community, and that's, you know, that's just a blessing. Um, You know, to be able to have people you can rely on and people you can depend on. And again, people who are safe, that you can rely and depend on. Our family members are not around here. Um, We have family members all over the world. If we didn't have this in our lives, i.e. being part of the community, uh, we'll be missing out on all the beautiful relationships that we've made. Uh, We'll be missing out, uh, and and not just for me and my wife, but also for the children. And so it's just been so important for us to have this community and someone to call home. And that's IFC.
1: Can we say thank you to (laughs) Falarin? Awesome man of God. I mean, none of us are too busy for community. That's the point of what he was trying to make. You know, many of us, don't understand community because we weren't brought up in healthy homes. And because we weren't brought up in healthy homes, we don't know how to get along with other people. Uh, we don't know anything else but know how to fight and be contentious and yell. And, and so we don't, we've never been brought up in, in environments where we can have healthy relationships. But thank God, fortunately, the New Testament has a lot to say about how to have a healthy community. 1 Timothy 3, 14 and 15 says, um, says I'm writing these things to you so you will know how. See, God knew that there'd be so many of us that didn't know how to do this. This is, this is foreign to us. This is something we run away from. This is something that, that we ever try at, at our house. Man, it, it just ends up in a big fight or, or we end up hurt or offended or rejected in some way. But the Word of God knows we don't know how to do this. But, he, but the Word of God is telling us these things I'm writing to you so you would know how. To what? To live in the family of God, to live here in community at International Family Church. That family is the church. If you're tired of shallow community like I am, and you want to cultivate real loving community, then you need to make some tough choices. You're going to have to take some risks. So how do we cultivate healthy community? Well, let's continue this today. A healthy community requires honesty. Healthy community requires honesty. You have to care enough, love enough to tell the truth. Amen. Even when you would rather gloss over a problem and ignore an issue, well, it's much easier to stay silent when you see somebody harming themselves, or when you see someone who has destructive patterns in their lives. It's it's easier to not say anything, but it's not the loving thing to do. It's not God's plan for our lives, and most of us don't have loving people in our lives to tell us the truth. Many people, we have, a, we have people that are just kind of ignoring it. They don't want to get involved. They don't want to go there. And oftentimes they won't because, because the last time they tried, we bit their heads off. So we train people not to go there. We train wives not to go there. We train husbands not to go there. We train our children or or we train our friends. Uh, We train people not to go certain places and we train them wrong because how we overreacted or how we rolled our eyes or how we gave them the silent treatment and and we're not in that place. But fear prevents us from saying anything and many wonderful fulfilling relationships have been sabotaged because of fear. We've been robbed. We've been robbed from people that could be your best friends and people that should have continued today be your friends. But because of fear, we we broke it off. Because of fear, we ran the other way. Because of fear, we didn't want any part of it. And we missed out on a God opportunity. God was sending someone our way to help us and to be a blessing to us. And, 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 And we didn't have the courage to speak up. Well, a friend's life fell apart. And the Bible says, speak the truth in love because... You can't have freedom without honesty. Yeah. Proverbs 24, 26 says, an honest answer is a sign of true friendship. Do you have those kind of friends? Yeah. I pray that you do. And if you don't, you need to believe God for them and because they are so wonderful. I have friends like that that can be real and honest, you know, starting with my wife and starting with others that, that, have, that give me honest answers, that just don't kind of worship me and think that I'm awesome. I don't need that. Some people think they do. I didn't want to marry a woman that would just, you know, look at me with googly eyes all day long and think I'm wonderful. Now I am wonderful. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> and humble, too. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it. But I, I didn't want to... You know I didn't want to marry someone that, that wouldn't have some, some life and some gumption and and, and fight and dream and, and, and keep our fats to the fire absolutely and oftentimes we just take the easy way out and, and be around people that have no opinion or don't have any dreams or, or are not entrepreneurial in their thinking people that'll stretch us and be the best that we can be until we care enough to be honest and, re, and, and resolve issues we're not going to break barriers and we'll never get close to each other and We'll never have all that God wants us to be. We need honesty in our lives. How do we cultivate healthy community? Well, we also, it requires courtesy. Courtesy. Courtesy is respecting our differences, being considerate of each other's feelings, and being patient with people who irritate us. Anybody in your life irritate you? Don't raise your hand. Don't look around because it might be right next to you, right? It might be somebody sitting right next to you today or right around you that irritates you. I I get it. Romans 15 says this in verse 1. It says, we must bear the burden of being considerate. Sometimes it's just hard work, right, to put up with people, to put up with their idiosyncrasies and and, and being considerate of the doubts and fears of others. It's real. It's real. Paul told Titus, God's people should be big-hearted and courteous. It's very challenging uh, to, 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 not, uh, to, to not be in a, an understanding, a small group that, that really we get this. If, you, if you've lived in any amount of life and you've been a part of a small group or a few close friends, you know the joy that there is and the joy of people coming alongside because in any group, there's usually one difficult person or maybe sometimes several difficult people. These are people with emotional needs and deep insecurities and irritating mannerisms and poor social skills. We call them EGR people, extra grace required. (laughs) Have some of those folks in your life, extra grace required? You might be married to them. Amen. I don't know. It could be, right? Or are you an EGR person? Are you a person that we need to give you extra grace required? Either way, either way, we recognize that to develop community, all this is part of the issue. See, in a family, listen very carefully, in a family, acceptance isn't based on how smart or beautiful or talented you are. It's based on the fact that we belong to each other. We defend and protect family. Amen. We're family. Look at your neighbor and say, we're family. That person might irritate the daylight out of you, but we're family. You know as well as I do, if anybody got on your dad or your mom or, or parents, anybody got on your kids, you're going to defend them, right? Your brother might be weird. He might be kind of crazy, but somebody gets on him, you're going to stand up and defend that brother. It's true. Amen. I've had people who've heard things that somebody's tried to do to me, and they want to go to blows—not with me, with the person you know saying certain things. We—they wanted to protect me. There have been people that have been said things that weren't nice about partners of IFC. I've come to their rescue. Why? We're family. We might not like everything about us, but we're family. And we protect family. We fight for family. That's what we do here at IFC. We're a family, and we make sure that we work hard at doing this to get, and, and, and we understand how true that is. So turn to your neighbor and tell them, you might be a little goofy, but you're my family. <laughs> Some of you aren't doing. I'm going to give you one more chance, or I'm going to come sit in your lap. Okay. I'm not gonna look this time, tell your neighbor, you are a little goofy, but you are my family. The truth is, we all have quirks and annoying traits. And the basis of community is our relationship with God. Because of the shed blood of Jesus, we're family. I'm your brother, you're my brother, you're my sister, amen, and community requires us To have courtesy. Healthy community also requires something very important. Healthy community requires confidentiality. Man, what a big one. See, our staff knows. You break confidentiality, that's a good way to get yourself in trouble, and if it continues, a good way to get fired. We believe in confidentiality. Why? I was brought up in churches where if you told the wrong person what you were going through, it eventually got preached from the pulpit. (laughs) Am I in the right room? Oh, yeah, you heard about it. They didn't say your name. They didn't say Josh Roberts, right? They didn't say Josh Roberts. But, man, you could tell by what you told them, and you only told them. It never failed. There it is. It came out. And you hate that. You hate being around that. It comes out of the, the church gazette, right, of all the things that you've done and, and so forth. And, and that's why people in church don't tell other church folks. They don't tell people. Why? Because Christians can't keep confidentiality. No, we're not telling. Confidentiality doesn't mean that we're going to hide the truth. It means that what is shared in your group stays in that group, and that group rallies around each other to make sure that happens. Amen. It's not a license to gossip about somebody. You know how Christians gossip? They say, I have a prayer request. I have a prayer request. See, that means we're not gossiping if it's a prayer request. I got a prayer request and they mention the person's name and let's believe God for them because they're having marriage problems right now. <laughs> Hello? That's called gossip. Don't, don't spiritualize that. God hates gossipers. Gossip breaks down communities so fast, right? Proverbs sixteen twenty eight says, gossip is spread by wicked people. Mm. They stir up trouble. And break up friendships. Gossip always causes hurt and division and should be confronted. A person might not like it when it's confronted, but let me tell you something our community is more important than one big mouth. Our community is much more important than one person that can't keep their mouth shut. So we need to protect our, our community with confidentiality. What else? Healthy community requires courage. This isn't easy especially if you tried it before and it didn't seem to work because that was a wrong situation or a wrong place and you did your best to open up. You were desperate, man. Your, your pain to open up was, was, was to the point that you didn't care what it was. You wanted to be free so desperately. It didn't work. Oftentimes, because we hear stories of others, we don't have the courage necessary to step out and communicate what we need. See, the lives of great Christian leaders and everyday people teach us something very important. Those who follow a God-sized dream need a God-sized courage. Amen. Amen. And the psalmist said it, Psalm 31, I love this, Psalm 31, 24, says, Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who hope in the Lord. How many here in the room are hoping in the Lord today? Right? You're joining us online. How many are hoping in the Lord? You're hoping for a better life. You're hoping for freedom. You're hoping to be in a place where this mask could finally be removed. You want better. You want a good life. You want restoration. Man, that's your hope in your heart. Well, it's going to require courage. And we'd say, take heart. Man, take heart. Take courage. Amen. If you haven't discovered it yet, you soon will. To go after God's plan requires courage. To grow requires courage. To change requires courage, amen. I can't tell you, over the years, 37 years pastoring this church, how often I had to muster up courage to say, it's time for a new direction or it's time for a reinvention or it's time for something new in me That has to change. I've got to get better at this. I've got to improve and grow. I had to muster up my hope in the Lord uh, to be a better leader, a better husband, a better wife, a better uh, 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 spiritual uh, son to, to my spiritual fathers or a spiritual dad. Courage is having the guts to do what needs to be done regardless of the fear and the unanswered questions. It's imperative that we learn how to recognize the importance of courage in every area of our lives. That's why if you're going to obey God, if you're going to walk in freedom, it requires courage. Amen. Courage, this is what I've learned about courage. Courage is not waiting for your fear to go away. Uh, when my fear goes away, you know, when I, when I get stronger at this or when I have a different thing, you know, I'll, I'll think of, of tackling this. And we all know, know in a gut level that many times fear always holds us back. It's a natural response to run to hide from what frightens us. And that's why we jump from church to church. That's why we don't settle down. That's why we don't get involved. That's why we don't take it to the next level and fulfill the DNA in all of us to make a difference and to be a part of a team. Remember what it was like when you were a child. Many of you, uh, like I was, was many times I was completely fearless. Remember the first time I jumped into the deep end without my floaties on, Right? or the first time you take off the training wheels off your bike, the first time you put your hand off the rail right, to, to, to ice skate on your own or to roller skate on your own. We remember those times. And here what we learned over the years from that into adulthood, what we should learn is progress requires courage. I don't care if you're a child, a young adult, or an adult, or whatever season of life you're in, it always requires courage to change. Amen. You can say it another way. Courage is feeling fear, but choosing to act anyways. It's having fear, but I'm going to that life group anyways. Having fear, I'm not quite sure, but I'm going to join that group anyways because I, I have a heart for that. I've had a passion for those children or for those teens or hospitality or behind the camera or whatever it might be. So we, are, we feel fear, but man, we don't let it stop us because we know that on the other side of that impulse to run is breakthrough. Amen. Breakthrough. Every one of my breakthroughs have come on the other side of the impulse to say, I don't know if I can do this. I'm not sure if I'm qualified enough. I don't know if I can step out like that. I don't know if I can make, do that or share that or open my heart like that. On the other side of that impulse to run, to hide, uh, to, 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 to clam up is always some kind of breakthrough waiting for me. Isn't that good? Yes. Community, taking this next step, making progress, amen, requires Courage. So healthy community requires, what we talk about so far? Authenticity, mutuality, empathy, mercy, humility, honesty, courtesy, confidentiality, courage. Finally, our last one, healthy community requires frequency. Frequency. You have to have regular contact with people to grow. This can't happen every once in a while, right? In order to build genuine community, relationships take time. Hebrews 10, 25 says this, let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Did you hear that? The habit. Is getting together with, with others a habit for you? Is coming to church a habit for you? Is a life group a habit for you? Is joining a team a habit for you? Or is it just something that we kind of fit in once a week or once a month or a couple times a month? Let us not give up the habits of meeting together as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another. Wow. Amen. We have to develop a habit. A habit is something we do with frequency, not occasionally. We spend time with people uh, to build relationships. And, and that's why community in some churches is just so shallow because we don't take the time. 40 minutes we run in, we run out, we run in late, we run out early, right? We don't, we don't stop, say hello to anybody. And we wonder why our community is so shallow. We wonder why we don't have the, the depth of community that every one of us so need. And that's why we say here at IFC, Sunday mornings is not enough. Right. It's not enough to have a, a, a you only gathering being one person talking to you. One person blabbing on way too long, right? That's not what you need. It's helpful. There's no doubt that this is not a waste of time. It's a a great exchange. There's no doubt about it. It's inspirational. It helps us to set us up for the next step, but this is not all there is. That's why it's so important that we go beyond Sunday morning and we encourage each person to be a part of a life group and a dream team. Why? Because community is not based on convenience, we'll get together when I feel like it, but on the conviction that I need it for my spiritual health. That's why Phil Aaron in his crazy busy schedule, three hours commuting, an hour and a half one way, right? Why? He could very easily say, I'm too busy for this, but it's a conviction to him. He says, I need it for my spiritual health. It's not a convenience for him. Amen. When you look at the list of characteristics, these 10 characteristics, you realize, whoa, man, this is is hard. We wonder why true significant community is rare, because we are so independent We've never been a society of people more well-connected, but very alone. We've never been more connected, but yet isolated. It's this interdependence that we have to fight for. I need you. You need me. We need each other. We have to fight for interdependence. We have to fight not to be loners in islands and ourselves. I know it seems easier, uh, but it's not God's highest and best. The benefits of sharing life together far outweigh the costs and it actually prepares us for heaven, amen. Come on. I wanna give you in the last few minutes we have left a real life example of community in my own life. I'm gonna tell myself here to help you understand that we all deal with issues. We all deal with things in our lives. I didn't know that it would come through this particular venue. I've always wanted to go salmon fishing in Alaska. It's always been on my bucket list. And I was able to do that a week long trip with five other gentlemen to go to Alaska out in the bush um, and camp and fish for a week. Wow. Who wouldn't want to do that? I worked hard six months before. Man, I've got stuff on my back. I, I'm working hard, stair stepper, elliptical trainer. I'm outside going up every steep hill I could find, you know, with time, weight on my back. I lost 18 pounds. I, I'm doing legless because I know this is going to be a challenge, and I know it's going to be difficult. And so I felt like I could prepare the best I could. Not knowing, ever been doing this before, I knew that I worked hard to get there. So my week-long adventure started in Anchorage Alaska uh, where I met up with our team and and uh, we took a Cessna little plane uh, through Lake Clark Pass to Lake Clark and this was this is Lake Clark beautiful I mean absolutely amazing. we landed in in Ports Allsworth population 70 people <laughs> and then we took on this boat in particular we went you know um, five miles across this lake to the start of this mountain that we were about to hike to go over into Lake Kejik. So we're now prepared. We, we're, we've got our backpacks on. Here we are about to take this hike over a mountain. My first hike, my first Alaskan hike, and here's the picture of us, the six of us, ready now to get going. Here I am representing Go Red Sox. Um, we're, we're, we're on the shore of Lake Clark, about to go over this mountain, which you can't see. 40 pounds on my back. Um, And I'm about to experience an adventure that I never dreamed that I would go through. And so um, I'm going to pick it up in my journal. I wrote in my journal every day. And when I read this, I'm amazed at what God did, just simply wanting to go salmon fishing. But what God did for me that really helped me in a major way, I must admit I'm concerned about the weight of my pack, 40 pounds. But nevertheless, my backpack is in place, my trekking poles extended, and off I go. Right off the bat, I begin to pray and quote, it seems like every verse I knew about strength, grace, courage, and faith. (laughs) Little do I know how much I will need to draw from a deep place in my spirit, soul, and body. Right away, the incline was steep, and the tundra, which is this thick, green, spongy moss, like undergrowth, was everywhere, six to eight inches thick wasn't very long that I was bringing up the rear, immediately dealing with major intimidation. Nothing got better for me or the constant thickness of the tundra that seemed impassable. Every 10 feet, high-stepping over fallen trees, stepping into deep holes, there was no way I was prepared or really could have prepared for what I was facing. Every 10 to 15 minutes, we all had to stop and rest. Thank God we all... We were able to do that because we were all sucking air, hearts pounding out of our chests. I was a hurting mess. I never called the name of Jesus more and relied on his grace more <laughs> than I could ever remember. Exhausted, I stumbled over a log and had my first of many falls. Oh, well. Get up. Keep on hiking. Up steep inclines and down steep declines. Constantly being told by the devil, you're never going to make it out of this mountain. You don't have what it takes. Each time I would answer back, I am more than a conqueror. God's grace is sufficient for me. I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. This physical and mental spiritual battle lasted three and a half hours. More than once I thought, just leave me here and pick me up when you come back. <laughs> the five other guys were my constant encouragement. They would physically pull me up out of large, over large fallen trees and out of steep ravines my new band of brothers. Without these men, I would have not made it. I was so beyond my physical capacity. I have never struggled so deeply and fought for my physical well-being in my entire life. I was beyond my physical limits for several hours. The decline on the other side was so steep, I thought for sure I would just fall over and roll down the hill. (laughs) Then Elliot came to my rescue. Elliot kept asking me, if he could take my pack, and I kept saying no. Elliot was 28 years old, a young man who partied hard, played drums in a band, blonde dreadlocks, a beard, and arms full of tattoos. Fits Elliot perfectly. Elliot and I, for some reason, we hit it off from the very start, and he shadowed me the entire trip. He kept asking, Jonathan, let me take your pack. I kept saying no. I was wondering, why in the world was I so stubborn? (laughs) Finally, in the last 30 minutes, it seemed like the last hardest part, going down this steep mountain. I said yes, and Elliot took my pack and carried my burden, plus his own, 70 pounds altogether, through the nastiest, steepest forest you can imagine. What a lifesaver he was. A selfless act of kindness I will always be grateful for. A backslidden, parting, hard Christian helping the stubborn pastor get through the toughest, physical, <laughs> most mental battle of his life. Go figure. Go God. My angel in dreadlocks is what I called him for the rest of the week. We finally made it to where. We would set up camp, the wind picked up, and man, it just got hard, as exhausted as we were, to set up our tents on the shore of Lake Kijic. Wow, what a chore. We helped each other, and the camp was set. I was so weak and lightheaded. Peter, our guide, said I was ex- dehydrated and in shock. It's a miracle I didn't heap everything I've ever eaten my entire life. <laughs> Took several hours and lots of water and prayer, and I slowly recovered. Everything hurt from my head, neck, back, hips, butt, thighs, calves, feet, toes, and a good-sized blister on the bottom of my left foot. But I felt amazing. With God, my new band of brothers, I conquered that mountain. Went beyond the hardest, most physical challenge of my entire life. I made it, baby. Let me show you that next picture. Here we are. There's Elliot, my angel, and his, his dreads. I made it baby, take that devil. Thank you Jesus, my angel Elliot, and my Advil. (laughs) So here we're about to go fly fishing and um, it was just an amazing trip. And Elliot, we stayed in contact for quite a few years. Elliot rededicated himself back to the Lord. Go figure, then I have to go to Alaska to meet Elliot. Elliot and the pastor. And I realized how hard, it's always been hard for me to ask for help. I've always been so stubborn. I've always been so independent. Kind of how I was brought up, my dad was the same way. But I learned that I I was negating the help of good people. Here's a perfect example. That really, that entire week so changed my attitude about teamwork and my need for people. I wrote this later in my journal. You will never succeed doing life alone. We all need each other, but it requires humility to be open to receive the well-timed help God is wanting to give us through others. Think of all the many gifts that are being squandered because we are too proud to receive them. I had to conquer stubbornness of independence, and I'm grateful for the lesson that Elliot taught me. I'm grateful for the fact that I was hurting so much I, I had no choice but to be humble, and I knew that my stubbornness was totally in the way and thank God that it taught me a very valuable lesson of conquering that independence. What do you need to conquer? What do you need the help of others? We told you last week, God brings forgiveness. People bring healing. You need God and people. You need both of us. Amen. You need both, both entities to work for you. Amen. That next step for you might be saying, it's time to go to that life group. Time to lead a life group. Time to join that dream team. Time to hang out a little bit longer. Time to talk a little bit more, introduce myself to a few more people. Time for me to learn somebody else's story. Amen. Somebody else that maybe is very different than you. You would never ask a Falarian, a, a Nigerian, about his story, or about a Ugandan, or a Brazilian, or a Puerto Rican, or or somebody from the Dominican or or, or someone from, from China or Japan or, or Eastern Europe. We would never think of maybe having community with somebody so different than we are, different generations, different ages. I'm telling you, man, we have the opportunity here to grow deep, the opportunity here to do something significant and to make a difference only in our church but outside these walls, amen. People who long for a family like this, amen. And we need to understand that there's something we need to conquer. And I'm telling you, community is that answer. Here's the best picture of all. Yeah, I caught that big old hunker. Sockeye salmon. We had a great time doing it. Man, it was it was a joy. Six grown men ate that thing for two days. It was delicious. Um, thank God our, our guide knew how to cook, that's for sure. We had a great great time. Remember our big takeaway, what one thing, if it got better, would make the biggest difference in your life? What one thing, if you didn't have to deal with it, would make your life so much better? Let's stand to our feet this morning. I hope you learned something today. Come on, raise those hands towards heaven. Father, we're so grateful for you today, so grateful for your love. So grateful that we have the privilege of lifting up our hands to say, God, I, I surrender to this word. It might be different for everybody, and it is different for everyone. What is it that we are challenged by? What is it that we need to start fresh on? What is it the next step for us? What is it the, the thing that we need to, that, that we feared the most that we need courage in, that we need somebody else's honesty in? What is it, Father God, that, that we need help in doing that we can't do by ourselves? Father, I pray that you're working in our lives today because it's all about freedom. It's not about making anybody feel funny or, or out of place. It's simply, Lord, dealing with the, the root causes in our heart to help us be better, have a better life, a better marriage, better relationships, better friendships, have an esprit de corps, a, a band of brothers, having, having others that come alongside that, that we didn't realize how much we're missing out on close relationships that, God, you're trying to bring to us. But either we're not recognizing we're missing out or we just don't want them. But, Lord, give us that desire and longing to say it's time to take that next step in you. Thank you, Father. Why don't you go ahead and lift just a moment, lift up your voice to God. Tell him you love him today. Oh, Father, I need you. Thank you for helping me take that next step. What is that next step for me? Lord, forgive me for being so stubborn or so independent or so fearful or or so apprehensive. Father, help me to get over that past hurt or or over that time where I tried and it failed. This is a new day. It's a brand new start. It's a brand new opportunity for us. If you're new here to IFC, an opportunity to say, this could be my family. This could be my next best friends. This could be the relationships that I long for that I need to help me go to the next level. Father, thank you for working in our lives. Thank you for doing a mighty work on the inside of us. In Jesus' name, we love you, Father. Work in our lives today. Thank you, Jesus, with every head bowed, please. Every believer praying with us. We talked about relationships today. There's no greater relationship than a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the relationship of all relationships. That's the one relationship where all the rest begin to take place. Jesus comes into your life, heals your heart, forgives you from your sin. It's amazing the change that can take place in your life. I want to make sure that everyone in the room today, that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Everybody watching us online, you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior today. We're going to end this service in just a few minutes, but before we do, I want to make sure that you know Him as your Lord and Savior. See, Pastor, I need this Jesus. I need this relationship in my life. I need my sins forgiven. I need a brand new start. I need help. I don't want to do this on my own any longer. I need you, Jesus. Come into my heart. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand today, if that's you, because I want you to acknowledge your need for Jesus. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward, but I do want you to know I need this, and I open up my heart to you, Jesus, today. If that's you with believers praying with me, you say, Pastor, pray for me, please. If that's you, will you raise your hand nice and high? I want to know who you are. Thank you. God bless you. Good for you. I see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see it. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah, all the way in the back. Thank you. Who else? Raise it up high. Anybody else? Yeah. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Good for you. I love it. Good for you for those that are saying, I need the greatest miracle of all. I need my sins forgiven. I'm ready for a brand new start. Anybody else at all? Yes, sir. Thank you. God bless you. You can put your hand down. Thank you. I love it. All these men giving their lives to Christ. Isn't that awesome? Thank God for each one of you today. They're saying yes to Jesus. Anybody else before we pray? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let's all pray this prayer together. Every one of us, join us online, please. Father, in Jesus' name. Father, in Jesus name. I'm tired of doing life alone. Life alone. I, need you, I need you, Jesus. Forgive me for my sin. From my sin. I, denounce my past, I denounce my past. And I want to live for you. All the, all the days of my life, I declare you as my Lord and Savior. I, and Savior. I, receive, by faith I receive by faith salvation. salvation forgiveness, forgiveness, eternal life. life. I thank you for loving me. me. I love you you. in Jesus name. name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God praise this morning for that. Awesome. Congratulations to each one of you.
0: Thank you for listening to stay connected to what's happening. Visit intlfamilychurch.com. Subscribe to our podcast or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We can all grow deeper in our relationship with God. Next Steps is a four-step growth track that meets each week after each service that will help you grow and reach your full potential. Come to Next Steps to discover your God-given purpose so that you can help make a difference in the lives of others. For service times and more information, please visit intlfamilychurch.com. Thanks again for listening.